You cannot talk about the big story of God without talking about Abraham, uh, the father of the Israelite people, the one through whom uh, God chooses to uh, start this nation and the one through whom ultimately he will bring his son, Jesus. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at Abraham and the specific moment in his life uh, from Genesis chapter 22, where God calls Abraham to do something very difficult and seemingly, seemingly contradictory to the things that God has been speaking to him. Uh, this is Drew Moss, and I'm in the studio with Drew Henderson asking him to take a deeper look at Genesis 22 with me. We hope you enjoy. So, Drew, uh, we've had uh, this reoccurring theme last couple Sundays uh, come up actually over. <laughs> we've had a couple themes, Jesus, the Bible, uh, and also the sixth sense have come up. Yeah, have come up multiple times. Uh, I referenced this on the first week, uh, the, the spoiler at the end of Sixth Sense, the whole Bruce Willis always being dead thing, right? And then uh, it got a little bit of reference from Jim, and then you touched on this and all those. I came up and I confessed to you afterwards, which I'm actually just, I'm just using this as my moment to confess uh, to everyone. I have never actually seen the Sixth Sense uh, in, uh, in all my life. And, and I know, obviously, that's how universal the big spoiler is, right? That you don't even have to see it to know this stuff. Uh, but yeah, I've never seen it. I've never seen, I was thinking about this. I have never seen, first of all, I'll tell you why I haven't seen that one. I don't like scary movies and everyone said it was scary. Okay. And so I know it's not like horror, but it's just a little bit creepy enough. Yes. I was just, I didn't want that, you know, but this is when it comes to movies, I am like the least cultured. There's so many like culture defining movies, uh, that I just have never seen saving private Ryan. Uh, Top Gun, the first one. yeah, and the second one, and the second one, uh, Karate Kid, uh, I've never, like, all these movies that, like, everyone has seen, I have never seen, and so I'm just, uh, a way out of the loop guy with those things. Well, you know, I mean, you go back in some of those classics, and they're just, you know, can't miss, and <laughs> whether it's... Karate, it's funny you go back and watch movies like Karate Kid. I, we, I was at last Thanksgiving at my sister's house, and we thought that I would, you know, sort of educate our all, yes, all of yes. the children about you know Karate Kid and how this is such a great movie and everything. Yes, the great put him in a body bag, Johnny. <laughs> you know, and yes. the, and the whole. Thing. Actually, I said yes. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen that clip. Right? Uh, so uh, it's just one of those movies that you see it in time, and it's great, and it's still great but moves so painfully slowly, huh. right? And as you go back and watch that, and it's, it's a great movie, but you're like, this is so painful, it's so slow, everything yeah. takes place and you don't really you know, realize. Where you're like watching with your kids, you're like, I want them to get into this. Can they just get to him like kicking somebody right, or something right. like that? Yeah, like, yes. I, I think gen like generally they appreciated it. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, it's not really our thing, but this is pretty cool, you know, okay. rough well. macho. Next time, next time I come over, I'll show show me Karate Kid. Yeah, he's moved from the East Coast to the West Coast. He rode a twenty four inch BMX cruiser. Oh, that's around, like first uh, thing you noticed. Of course, yeah, so, yeah. his cruiser. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Uh, one, I'll just throw one of that out real quick. Just, I, this did not happen with me with the Goonies. This is all completely says. I guess this will have something to do with our podcast, but I'm just talking. So my wife was super into the Goonies, and when we were first dating, she wanted to show me the Goonies. Everyone knew the Goonies from when I was a kid. I'd never seen it, right? But I will tell you, it does not... It does not hold up, at least. In, I mean, like, if you've never seen it, it's like one of those, I think there's so many of those things. If you've never seen it and you see it as an adult, I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah, it was PG, uh, but really, basically, yeah. in the 80s. Late, late 80s PG yeah, means something R, different. R yeah, rated. yeah. So, <laughs> so here's actually, I, I kind of the, here's my, my weird little jump or my weird little segue, right, is, is talking about these, like, giant movies that everybody knows, the, the zeitgeist culture-defining movies you know that I was always out on um, we just jumped into we're kind of continuing our series deep diving into some of these big stories of the Bible that form one giant story the meta narrative and and if you would talk about like the cultural you know kind of icon of the Bible in a lot of ways this person where it starts and everything begins to really flow out from is this person of Abraham as someone who gets talked about so much and really man they're they're at a number of different stories we could have gone with to try and talk about Abraham and how he fits into the big picture. Uh, went with Genesis 22 this last week, and you got to preach on that. Yep. Uh, the sacrifice or, or the, the substitutionary sacrifice for Isaac, where God calls Abraham and wants to have, uh, asks him to sacrifice his son Isaac, and then Abraham does this, and a, and a ram is provided. And so, we, you know, there's, there's a number of things that we just want to be able to dive into and explore a little more on this. Here's one of the interesting things that you kind of brought up in the sermon is, uh, you know, the Bible in the law that God will give to his people, Abraham's people, uh, says do not murder and specifically calls out that they should not worship God in the way that the Canaanites worship their gods, and one of the ways that's mentioned is child sacrifice. There should be no child sacrifice, and yeah, and you touched on this. That law is not yet in existence when Abraham is called to do this. So help us even just place place this story in this context. Where does Abraham fit in line with the bringing of the law and all of those things? Where are we in the story exactly? Yeah. So basically, God is called um, Abram at this point yep. to come out of the land where he is at the time and God basically says I'm going to bless you, I'm going to make a, a nation out of you, you're going to have these, these great descendants, you're going to get this land and uh, really to be a blessed to be a blessing which is, sometimes we hear that when blessed to be a blessing, we think that means we're, I'm going to get a new car or something like that and I'm blessed to be a blessing to people and you know, kind of ask the question first of all like, what, what does that even mean? Blessed to be a, to be a blessing mm -hmm. to to the nations and to the world and it's kind of funny I took this class on missions a long time ago and when I was doing uh, seminary stuff and if you go to all of the basically all of the really smart missiologists mm -hmm. right and you kind of talk about the beginning of God's mission into the world typically all of them will go right back to Abraham Genesis like, 12 Genesis 12 yep. this is where it all begins yep and so um, blessed to be a blessing to the nations and it's, it's through, through Abram at this point that, that God begins to, to bring a people, mm -hmm. people that he's going to be a, a blessing to the nations through. You go next to kind of to Moses, then we have mm -hmm. David. Yeah, which Moses um, comes so like, so like 600 years exactly. later. Right. Yeah, down the line. Yeah. So at this point, we don't even have the law yet. Yeah. Right? 
And so he's coming out of this, this culture that made a very regular practice out of child sacrifice, yeah. worshiping their fertility gods and what it meant to have a good life and keep your life moving ahead so you would flourish in these kind of things. You would, you would satisfy the gods through the sacrifices. Yes. Continuity thought is what they call that, I think. But okay. anyway, um, they practice this. And so more than likely, been, a, I mean, I, Abraham didn't have any children to offer, right. but more than likely, he's coming from like an idol worshiping background, right? You know, right. like from from what we can tell, Joshua talks about your forefathers used to worship idols uh-huh. and uh-huh. those things. So yeah, and so for him, this would have, he would have been familiar with this, mm-hmm. I think, and so for God to ask him to do this, uh, coming out of this pagan background, it wouldn't have been unfamiliar, at least, yeah, for him. And so you kind of, we talked about this a little bit, you zoom in a little bit more in, into the chapter itself in Genesis 22. We have later on the laws that come along that, that God prohibits this yep. practice. Um, and then we have in Genesis 22 here where uh, we see it's, it's, it's not, you know, obviously to be the plan of God for this to happen. We have the angel that intervenes. We have Abraham acknowledging this. This was, you know, uh, the angel's going to, Basically, the, the sacrifice would be provided, mm-hmm. and God provides it in the, in the way of a, of a ram. Mm-hmm. So, you know, big picture, this was not unfamiliar to him. This is something that God, I believe, did not want yeah. ultimately to happen, yeah. and something that God would later prohibit. Yeah, the the shock for the shock for our modern ears is this whole like sacrifice your son uh-huh, that's the right. like oh my gosh i can't believe that would even be you know on the table the the shock for abram or abraham is not that because that's somewhat a like known normal cultural practice right the shock is wait a second god promised that he's going to make a nation through me mm-hmm. which means i got to have descendants right which means if i kill off my my descendant then uh-huh. i can't have descendants you know what i mean um <laughs> right god has promised this child right. isaac for years abraham and sarah waited for, right. for their son to be born and he's born and now god's that's the big shock for him you know right what I mean? that's wild and so usually when we look at it it um we, we kind of think sort of read into it like well you know abraham was willing to sacrifice his own son what would we be willing to sacrifice yeah. for god and all of these things and I don't really think that's the connection. That's like you're saying it was, it was what was to come because of Isaac yeah. would have been the blessing, yeah. the people, the nation, the human flourishing. All of what was to come from this would be at this point in, in his mind coming to an end. Yeah. And so I think the you know the, the I talked about this a little bit, but I think the question is is that you know are we willing to sacrifice for God when there's really nothing in it? for us like just except for god himself god himself right yeah. this is this is the big question i will do it for god himself right well and it there's this really interesting you referenced also it it, it opens up this whole thing where abraham it's it's a it's a question of faith right because it's him happy to go do i somehow god said i'm gonna have many descendants mm-hmm. he says he's going to bless me and yet now i'm being asked to sacrifice the son and so the question is like Will I actually trust God to follow through on his promises? Right, right. And that, and that gets demonstrated through him obeying God mm-hmm. in these things. And so you talked about uh, James 2 references, right. references this. Um, I'll, actually, I'll just, I'll just read it briefly. Okay. This is from James chapter 2. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at a couple, but uh, I think I've got 
Let's see. There you go. In verse 22, uh, actually, I'll start uh, in 20. Senseless person, are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works in offering Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was active together with his works, and by works, faith was made complete. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. Uh, so you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Isn't and that why Martin Luther did not want James in the Bible? Yeah, and I, it's, think, it's very, I think so. Yeah, because <laughs> Paul uses in Romans 4 almost the exact, I mean, he uses right. the whole, his faith was credited to him as righteousness. Right. He uses that exact line uh-huh. to talk about how works are not not a part of this, like that yeah. God, that Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness before circumcision, before yeah. the law was given, before right. he starts to do these things. Right. And so Paul likes, uses the same example to talk about it's faith, not works. Right. James says, this it's, shows how it's faith well, and works. Yes. So uh, help us like just kind of walk through that a little bit. Yeah. I think the answer is, is, well, yes, it's both. And can the Bible say both things? And yeah, uh, I, I think, yeah, we're saved by grace through faith. And Ephesians 2, 8, 9 really makes that clear. Ephesians 2, 10, we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Um, and it, you know, really appears to be in that order, right? Mm-hmm. Which so, by Ephesians 2 is is Paul, right? Yes. So Paul, it's Paul who says, yes. saved by grace through faith, but then says we're saved to do good works. Yes, so, yeah. we're saved to do good works. It says in Romans 4, like you said, he, he believed and was credited to him in right, as righteousness. Mm-hmm. It was this trust. It was this faith. Um, I think those two obviously work hand in hand. I, yeah. I use that, uh, the Martin Luther quote, which obviously someone who clearly believed we are yeah. saved by faith alone, right? Yeah. Saved by faith alone, but the faith that saves is never alone. Yeah. And so it's the, it's the two that are working together yeah. I guess you'd say well I think there's some significance you know Romans 4 specifically Paul is in context specifically talking about circumcision right and I think so I think that idea of like um, these different acts these different works that marked a Jewish person mm-hmm. as really belonging and 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 made them uh, marked them as like God's people mm-hmm. and so therefore you had to do that in order to be really in mm-hmm. uh, whereas Paul doesn't seem to Paul seems to be anti that. You think you earn your way by doing certain works, ceremonial, mm-hmm. religious, cultural. Right. But he doesn't seem to be, he's not against obedience. You know what I mean? Right. Which I almost think that's a good, that when, when James says works, I think obedience is almost the way he's describing, like, faith is obedience. Right. Those things, like it is, like, to, to trust in God is to obey him. Uh-huh. Uh, that those two things happen together. And it's not that anything I'm doing is saving me, but right. it's, it's, this is part of my act of trusting him. Yeah. You know? the, uh, the other parallel that, that I mentioned a little bit was um, in Hebrews, talking about the faith of Abraham and what it looked yeah. like. And this idea of when God asked him to sacrifice his son, you know, Abraham is like, yeah, well, even if he does die, it w- well, I believe that he can raise him from the dead because I believe in the promise yes. that much. So you kind of have him lifted up, obviously, as one who acted on his faith, was willing to act, and give this sacrifice because of his faith in the promise of God, um, and even more so than what he would receive from God, but just yep. God Himself. And then from there, uh, you know, works works this out. Whether it was 
his faith that led to the trust, which led to the willingness to make the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was his belief in faith and which was credited to him as righteousness. Yeah. It's so, you know, I think a really interesting aspect that happens in this is this thing is framed as like God is putting Abraham to the test here. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, he is ch- testing to see, you know, how much will he obey? So here's a question for you. Uh, does that still happen today? Should like, how does, how does this relate to, does God test us like that today? Should we sure. expect that? Or how do we think about those things today? Yeah. Uh, w- does the God have the ability to test us today? Does God do that? Well, I think the answer would be sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know that we have to view every arena that we might experience difficulty in our lives as a test from the Lord. I think those things are things that we ultimately, you know, seek God out on. We seek the community of faith. Like, like, what is God doing something here? Yeah. Is this, is that, does this seem to be a test that mm. is, you know, that, that is in my life right now? I, I think, well, of course, yeah, God does do that. And then, you know, we talked about this just a little bit, you know, why is it that he, that he does this? Why is it that there may be a sense of refining through these tests? Like if God was going to bless Abraham anyway, like, because that was a, it was like an unconditional promise, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't like, well, Abraham, if you, you know, do this, this, and this, then I'm going to bless you. It was a very unconditional promise and covenant. So God was going to do this. And if God is going to do this, then why the test? Yeah. Right. And then that, leads down to all of these other questions that we have is it if god is going to do this anyway why why am i supposed to pray about this why even pray about this if god is going to do this well touch on this just a bit i I think there is a a development of in the relationship with god um it it goes uh further down in chapter 22 it talks about how god knew abraham and knew him in a in a new way did god not know well yeah god knew but um, that was talked about, it. That, that being the word that is also with Adam and Eve when they knew one another mm-hmm. in the garden, when they're being punished for sin and they're naked before one another. Yeah. It was a kind of an intimate word there, no. Yeah. And so there's this sort of new intimacy with God and between God and Abraham that exists because of the test. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one reason why we might experience tests mm-hmm. even today from God. So you're, I'm, I I'm think just making sure, yeah. I think one of the reasons why. It's like, it's less about, it's not like, because God clearly, it's like God can see the future. It's like mm-hmm. he knows Abraham. So it's yep. not like, you're saying it's not God going, ah, now I see what you would do in that right. situation. Uh-huh. It is actually a deeper level of closeness and intimacy that is formed through this situation. Yeah, through that's the test. That's what God is after. And that is why God then would Kay. test, Yeah, I think at times. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. That, that idea of uh, closeness in those things. Uh-huh. Okay. No, that's good. I think it's even, um, and I'm kind of thinking on the fly here, but when we think about, you know, what God tests us today, I think, I think there's significance to the fact that the law has not yet been given when God asks Abraham to do this, right? right? And in, in the sense of, like, we do believe God's not going to test us by asking us to do something contrary to his word. Uh-huh. 
right? Like right. where he's not going to, you know, and we go, well, I guess God, I think God's just testing me. He wants me to, <laughs> he wants, I, I feel like he's wanting me to cheat on my taxes this year he, and we'll see if he he's going to He has said that I should not me. do this, yes. but God is testing me and asking me to doing something that yes. he has said, no, you, you shouldn't yeah. do that. Yeah. Abraham, Abraham is not, even though, I mean, what we know is that this is out of line with God's character, but it is not like God had not quite revealed all of these things to mm-hmm. Abraham yet. So Abraham's not acting and he's not, he doesn't have these two different things and he's acting against what God has revealed in mm-hmm. his law yet. That hasn't, that hasn't even come yet. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very interesting. So I think you get a, a closeness or an intimacy with God that maybe didn't exist before in tests. I think Another reason, it doesn't say this in Genesis 22, but it made me think of Second Corinthians 1, talking about the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles and our sorrows, yeah. so that we might comfort those who basically you know, are, are going to be going through troubles and sorrows much like we are. Yeah. So we comfort with the gospel through the comfort that we have received, and then we, we give that same comfort that we have received to others that may be experiencing yeah. some sort of testing or sense of testing in yeah. their life, maybe from God. That's good. Um, so I don't know, just another text to think about. Yeah. Uh, it draws my mind a little bit even to the, you know, the famous Romans 8:28, the mm-hmm. uh, God using and working and redeeming things for our good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the very next verse, 829, he defines the good, not as like, you know, a better job or a better house or, right. but be, becoming more made more into the image of Jesus conforms right. to be. And that idea like, yeah, maybe our Maybe our best good is a deeper level of intimacy and dependency on God. Right. And therefore, him allowing or even sometimes calling us into uh-huh. hard and painful things. Right. Uh, could be a could be not, not a fun thing, not a pleasant thing, but in the long run, a good thing. Right, for sure. I like that. I like that. It's good, man. Anything, anything else that, man, you just go, man, I wish I could have, wish I could have touched a little bit uh, more on this Genesis 22 those things uh, from this last week um, I uh, I would like you to share what, what we talked about in the staff meeting uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago on the the only son we talked about how this is the first time the word love appears it's the same word that's used at Jesus baptism the father looking down on the son this is my yes. son who I love kind of that maybe illusion that's yeah. pointing forward which is really what we're trying to see in the whole series without stretching it too much yeah which by but, the way that was i did not know until your sermon i did not know it's this really is the first time the word love appears in the bible genesis 22 yes. when abraham is told i want you to sacrifice your son and then it says in verse two your only son right. whom you love uh-huh. uh yeah and what i think is fascinating about that is is if you've read the story up until this point, if you've been reading from Genesis 12 where God first calls Abraham on, Mm -hmm. then you know that Isaac is not his only son. (laughs) Uh, And that's been a big part of the issue is that Abraham tried to, when he got word of this promise and Isaac wasn't coming, he's like, well, I got nobody to to have descendants through. And so he tries to kind of force the issue, him and Sarah, when Sarah offers Abraham her maidservant, and Abraham sleeps with her and has Ishmael. And so God has, uh, so, so now he has a descendant in Ishmael. He has mm-hmm. a son. And at one point when God is making his promise, hey, I'm going to give you a son through Sarah. God's like, listen, dude, she's old. Or Abraham is like, mm-hmm. she's old. Why not just do it through Ishmael? He's like, well, just make it happen through Ishmael. And God's like, no, I'm, I told you. I'm, I'm bringing the promise through, through Isaac. And it's not going to be something you brought about. It's right. going to be my work in it. So he brings Isaac. And so but that's the fascinating thing is when he says your only son, 
Ishmael is already there. Right. Uh, and what I think God is trying to specifically get across is the only son of the promise. Right. Uh, yes. We're not got a, doing this your way. Yes. This you've is got the another only son. son. This is the way. Yes. Yeah. You've got, I, I want you to, you kind of hit on it. I want you to come and sacrifice your only shot at getting this promise that I gave to you, uh-huh. um, is what he's kind of saying. This, yeah. this son that you hold so dear that I gave you as a promise, I want you to be willing to lay that down, and will you do it? Mm-hmm. And and I think you're right. I think that's the idea. It's it's not an issue of what do you love more than God. Mm-hmm. That's a good question to ask, <laughs> and we'll, we, we get into that in other parts of the Bible, right? right. It's not a, I think Abraham loved his son too much, and so God wanted him to give him up. That's not what it is. Right. It's this. Uh, Abraham, you only see there's only one shot at this that, that you can see, mm-hmm. and that is this promise that I've given you coming through Isaac. Are you willing to trust me mm-hmm. that I can still make this work even if, even if I'm asking you to do something you couldn't imagine? Mm-hmm. And I think, that that, I think that that's what he's getting at. So uh, a good word, and I would encourage you, uh, if you're a part of our uh, membership here at Sunnybrook, if you're a part of our people, to go back and look at Genesis 22 again and just read through with, with new eyes and fresh eyes. If, if you're not, if you're just a, a friend listening in, uh, go ahead and listen, listen, or go ahead and read through Genesis 22 and, 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 and check out some of these themes that, that Drew's been pointing us and, and Go back to chapter through. 12. Yeah, go back, go back and just get the, get catch the up big on the whole story. story, Genesis yeah. 12 through up through that point in 22, some really incredible stuff that God is doing. Uh, we hope digging deeper into these texts, deeper into these uh, little stories that make up the big story is something that is beneficial and helpful for you. Uh, we will talk to you next week.